G'day and welcome to On The Road. My name's Scott Gibbons and On The Road is your show. It's a show where we, we travel, we go all around this great nation of ours, we talk about caravans, we talk about motorhomes, we talk about tents, places we can go, places we can see, places we can enjoy and it's just a fun show. So if you're ready to go on the road, I'm ready to go on the road, let's go on the road together, here we go. Uh, so where are we going to go? We're off to the Western Plains Zoo at Dubbo and then we're going to keep on going and we might even end up at a Butte, Butte Aviation Museum in Narromine. But Dubbo is just fabulous. It's known as one of those friendly cities, you know, a friendly place where you go there and it's just, just terrific. So Dubbo was established in as a village in about 1949. It was proclaimed a city in 1966. It's about a five-hour drive from Sydney. And it's a vital and a significant regional city. It's at the intersection of the Mitchell Highway and the Newell Highway. And Nabo is the proud home of the, the Western Plains Zoo or the Taronga Western Plains Zoo, if you prefer. And it's just, and if you haven't been to that zoo, if you haven't been to Dubbo and you haven't been to the Western Plains Zoo, then you've got to do it. You've got to do it. I, I even went there and had a, a snake wrapped around my neck. It was <laughs> terrific. Just a photo op. Just a photo op. It wasn't being unfriendly. It was, fortunately, it was a very friendly snake. I appreciated it. It was nice. But Dubbo is about halfway between Melbourne and Brisbane, and it's it's little wonder that it's the preferred, or it's preferred to drive that way quite often over the coastal route because the traffic is so much easier and and you get that feeling that RVers are just welcome there. So, but the zoo is just magic, and everything at the zoo is. When it opens up again, you know, when it opens up for the rest of the world, for us, it's just going to be fabulous. So I know the government gave zoos another big influx of money to help them, and by golly, they're going to need it, but you will love it. You will love going there. So you, you, they've got a black rhino conservation and breeding centre there, so you'll learn all about that if you want to. There's just so much to do at the zoo. It's not a conventional zoo. It's very open. And that's why it's called the Western Plains. Everything's out on the plains. So you'll see the animals. So, And you'll see some wonderful endangered species. And you'll see some lovely, lovely things. You'll even see meerkats. <laughs> They'll stick their head up and have a look at you as well. So you'll be seeing as well as you looking at them. You'll see mongoose. Uh, that's fabulous. Giraffes. You might even get to feed a giraffe. You may. I've done that. I did that at the Mogo Zoo. Oh, you've got to do that. If you haven't fed a giraffe, by golly, it's it's terrific. Um, lunchtime when it comes along for lunch for you, <laughs> not for the animals, for you. There's butte food there. There's hot and cold food. You can get, uh, there's a, a butte plaza there with lots and lots of things that you can get. Uh, make sure you wear a hat. Make sure you wear sunscreen because there's about six kilometres of roads to navigate through there. It's just, it's it's immense. It is immense. But you can return, you can come back, you can do various things. For vanners, you'll love it because if you want to, you can even have an overnight stay. There's unique accommodation on offer. You can get luxurious cabins. Or you can go right through to True Aussie Bush Camping. So you can leave your RV at the zoo, explore all day, return in the evening, uh, and you'll get all the sounds, all the sounds of the animals. And I tell you, <laughs> some of those sounds are quite freaky. But Dubbo, you'll love Dubbo. As a city, it is just fabulous. So you'll love exploring the township. It's, it's beautiful. And the old Dubbo Jail, oh, don't miss that. Go. Go to the old Dubbo Jail. It's it's wonderful, wonderful. Uh, there's there's so much 
history, so much authenticity there. It's, if the building, you know, the old expression of the buildings could talk, what wonderful stories, I'm telling you. If the building could talk, what wonderful, and maybe some scary and freaky stories you'd have. So, But the guides there are super knowledgeable. They've got so much to tell you, and they love sharing the stories. So, you know, when that opens up again, how fabulous that will be. So then if you want to, you can have a change of pace. You can go out about 5K along uh, Dunadu Road, and, and you'll, you'll go to what's called Aladdin's Cave. And these people have built Aladdin's Cave. It's about a, a 1.8-metre-wide bottle house. So it's been a family project. includes bottles of every age and description, along with jugs and ceramic ornaments. But you know, back in Dubbo, if, if you head over to the Western Plains Cultural Centre, then you'll get so much more. It's got great architecture there, terrific architecture. Uh, and the Regional Art Gallery, you've got that. The Dubbo Regional Museum, fantastic insight into days gone by. And you've got the Outlook Cafe. And Dubbo, you've got a homestead there called the Dundalimol Homestead. And, and it's opposite the zoo entrance. And it's believed to be, believed to be the oldest slab house in Australia. And you'll learn all about the early European settlement and its trials and tribulations in the 1800s when there was no electricity and people had to be almost entirely self-sufficient. So, you know, we talk about being locked away for six or seven weeks now, uh, but do you imagine being six or seven years and even longer? No electricity, nothing. So you had to be self-sufficient. So you had to basically make your own way. You know, bake your own bread and do your own things. And, oh, huge, huge. So then you can go uh, to Gilgandra. Gilgandra's a place that you've got to go to. You, it's a terrific. You've got the Kui Heritage Visitor Centre there, and it's it's always changing. And that's home to the Kui March. Now, if you don't know about the Kui March, oh, you've got to read about that. In fact, you've just got to go to Gilgandra and learn all about it. And some of the... Some of the history there is fabulous. Some of the museums there are amazing in Gilgandra. Uh, and, and the tourist centre there is fabulous, just fabulous. You, you'll, you'll love it. And not far away, you've got to check out the Rural Museum. Uh, the Historical Society runs that. It is, you've got horse-drawn machinery there. Uh, some, I, I would reckon some of it's like stuff that you haven't seen before. So the, the famous Gilgandra-born rotary cultivator. It's professionally presented. You'll you love spending hours there. So you've got it all. So uh, you, you, you've got so much to do. If you go up towards Dubbo and then you head out a bit, you're going to have so much good time. Uh, you'll, you can drop into the information centre and see a rare display of the prehistoric diprotodon. 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 <laughs> anyway, it's a giant wombat. A giant wombat. It's part of a collection of of species known as Australia's megafauna. It's the largest known marsupial to have ever lived. So don't think of a cute little wombat as being a cute little wombat when it's a diprotodon because it's not cute. It's massive, giant, huge, enormous. Yeah, well worth a visit, as they say, well worth it. Then you'll head off to Coonabarabrat and you'll set your sights on the Warrenbungle Shire and that's beautiful. You've got a beautiful, beautiful national park. And then you've got so much more. You'll go to the Siding Springs Observatory. So you can leave your, ban your van behind, uh, take the trip to its wonderful museum and recommend a, a guided tour. But it, you'll, you'll learn all about the Big Bang Theory there. And it's not like the TV show. This is huge. Then you head off to Narromine. So head back to Dubbo. 
uh, and stop off at the Narromine Aviation Museum. Oh, by golly. That's about 40k from Dubbo. It's at the Narromine Airport. It was famous during World War II as the number five elementary flying training school. And there's so many unbelievable stories from its beginnings of early flight from 1916 to 1937 and then its entrance into the war in 1940. So if you've got a a passion for flight, you will love the informative displays, and in particular, the replica of the Wright Brothers' early flying machine. It's the only one in the world. It's been perfectly recreated by a farmer and his son in the garage of their property, and you'll just be blown away. It's just fabulous. And and then uh, just get the message out to everybody there's no doubt that you'll want to go back there again and again. So wonderful, just wonderful. So if you're having a good time, I'm having a good time. I reckon you're probably going to tow something. You might take your van with you. If you're going to take your van with you, make sure that the chains are on. Make sure the chains are on properly. If not, then you're going to have the Unchained Melody. Now, you haven't heard this one probably. This is Doug Parkinson and Mark Vincent. It's called Unchained Melanie, Doug Parkinson, you know we love Doug Parkinson, and Mark Vincent, who is just, oh, if ever you get to meet him, you are going to meet a real gentleman. He is an outstanding human. So Mark Vincent, Doug Parkinson, Unchained Melanie, you, Melody, <laughs> you enjoy this. I'll be back with you in just a little bit. You enjoy this music. It's going to be so good. <laughs> Oh, uh-huh. 
Doug Parkinson, Mark Vincent. Mark Vincent, you know, what an incredible voice. What an incredible voice. He won season three of Australia's Got Talent. And I remember, because I, I know Mark, I've, I've watched Mark sing and listened to him sing since he was about nine years old. His granddad used to bring him to any function. I used to do a lot of, and still do, a lot of functions for charity as auctioneer. And his granddad, uh, Bruno, just a lovely, lovely man. And he just saw the talent in young Mark when he was about nine years old and he would bring him to every function and made sure that Mark would sing. And by golly, you could, you could, hear, you could hear the talent then. And then as, as he's grown, the, there's so much more timber in his voice and his lungs are just immense, the notes that he can hold. So... Fabulous, just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful talent. Now, you've got maybe, maybe some some canvas uh, with your tent uh, or maybe with your awning or, or whatever it be. So looking after your canvas is pretty important. Now, Hema Maps, hemamaps.com, lovely people. In fact, I've known Hema for some time and they are just incredibly good people. But uh, they've, they've given some tips and texts and this one's on canvas care and from the fully folded shelter of a soft floor camper uh, to the full pull out awning on your four wheel drive most of us and it's true most of us got a bit of canvas on board when we head out on a big trip don't we and in its most basic form canvas is just a plain weave fabric that utilizes tightly woven cotton or linen yards to produce a waterproof durable finish and it comes in different weights it comes in different thicknesses and with all things like most things Quality can vary, and, and that's an amazing and, and the quality on canvas can vary dramatically. Now, the thing is that if you're going to buy canvas, then you buy Australian canvas, you buy Australian canvas, just simple. I think that's what we've all got to do now. We've all got to start supporting more and more and more. Now, you might pay a couple of dollars more, maybe a few bigger dollars more for an Australian item, but gee, you're keeping Aussies in work, and, and after going through this this coronavirus episode, then we know that work is so important to Aussies and their families. So, you know, when you're buying something, get out there and do it. Buy Aussie. So a tent would traditionally be made from heavy duck canvas and a, and a tighter weave with greater water resistance, whereas many modern tents will utilise a, a lighter material with a waterproofing treatment to cut down on weight. So the trusty fabric can stay strong for a long time if you look after it if you look after it. So mould is your canvas. It's its arch nemesis, if you like. It'll happily take you uh, and look after you forever. But if you pack your canvas away when it's damp 
uh, it can weaken it, it can damage the fabric, and once it settles in, uh, that's not good. So the thing to do is to put your canvas away dry. So have your canvas dry before you pack it up. Now, there's always going to be times, and I know I've lived through them, when you've got to fold your canvas up and it's wet. Well, if that's the case, do it. But when you can, as soon as you can, undo it all and let it dry so it gets the chance to really dry. Because if mould appears, then, then you've got to let the mould dry and then you brush it off as much as you can and then you, supply, you, you apply a solution of one part household bleach to four parts water. One part bleach, four parts water. And then once it's dry, you give it another brush, then you rinse it off again with clean water and then you let it dry again. Now, aside from that, canvas shouldn't require cleaning with soaps or any other harsh chemicals because you just, if you've got a bird dropping or whatnot, you just brush it off. Uh, if you've got dirt, you just brush it off. You just give it a brush down once a year and, or, you know, every now and then. And if you need be, you can hose it off again if you want to. You hose it off, but just make sure you dry it before you pack it away. Now, you may be required to season or reseal your canvas occasionally. Now, there's a number of products available, commercial products, and your manufacturer of your canvas, they'll give you the recommended brand, but pay close attention to the seams, which can be additionally fortified by rubbing some candle wax, candle wax over them, and, and using a seam sealant. Now, for repairs, try as you will, there's always the possibility of a puncture or a tear in your woven walls. Now, there's no need to throw away your tent. No need to throw away your canvas. You don't have to scrap the whole thing. Patching and repairing, it's an age-old craft. It's still done today. So if your roof leaks uh, in the night time, then your quick fix would be to whack an oily rag over the leak until the sun is shining. So once it's dry, you can simply seal it up with a liberal application, if you will, of gaffer tape for the remainder of your trip. And that's best done by heating the tape so the adhesive softens and then applying two or three layers and each larger than the last. But you'd be best to implement a permanent solution before much time goes by so that the problem doesn't worsen. And you can purchase canvas repair kits and that'll allow you to sew and seal your own patches. That's a handy thing to do. You've all been looking for things to do over the last seven or eight weeks, so you might have been sewing and sealing your patches, I don't know. Now you can have them fixed by a professional. Torn seams and broken zippers and other hardware, well, they, they'll probably require a, another level of skill and possibly some specialised equipment. So there's plenty of spots where you can get repairs done and they won't set you back too much. You, you just plug your canvas tent up into, or plug, plug your canvas tent repairs into Google and then you'll find plenty nearby. So... There you go. I think that's that's just terrific. So what about we have a little bit of LRB, a little bit of Little River Band? I think that'd be good. Do you want a bit of Little River Band? Yeah, let's do it. And what about so that we don't get a hole in our canvas tent? What about uh, if I get lucky? Eh? If I get lucky, that would be good. So here we go. Little River Band, you enjoy that. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. We're on the road. I'm on the road with you. We're on the road together. Love being with you. And we're going to do this every week. So stick around. And I'll give you some sponsors in a little while and you look after them because if you look after our sponsors, they look after us. So here we go, Little River Band, if I get lucky. Here we go.
Oh, yeah, Little River Band. Little River Band, so good now. Speaking of so good, one of the things we've got to talk about is some hints, some things to give you some upgrades, some cheap upgrades and things that you can do to your van. But before that, let me tell you about a butte butte business called Rosebury Steering and Mechanical. Rosebury, R-O-S-E-B-E-R-Y, Steering and Mechanical. Now, I met these people some years ago when I had a power steering problem with my Land Cruiser 200. And I went to Toyota and Toyota wanted something in the order of six and a half grand. And so I thought that's too much. So I searched around for somebody that would come recommended to me. And I tell you, I was so blessed. I I found Rosebury Steering Mechanical and you'll deal with them because they're real people. Real, real people. Just ring them up and and talk to Theo. I'll give you their website, so grab your pencil. It's Rosebery, R-O-S-E-B-E-R-Y, steering.com.au. Rosebrysteering.com.au. Now, they're in Rosebery, just near Sydney. But they do the lot. So if you want mechanical repairs or general repairs or power steering done, they're four-wheel drive specialists. They really know their four-wheel drive. So you're servicing and repairs, you talk to them. Fleet servicing, terrific. Front and rear brakes, terrific. Wheel alignment, steering, suspension, uh, pink slips, whatever you want to do. If you want logbook servicing done, they do that. If you want your vehicle inspected, they do that. But you actually talk to Theo and, and he works on your vehicle, along with his team, but they're real people. You, it's not, the vehicle doesn't disappear into some massive workshop never to be seen. You can see your vehicle being worked on while you're there. So roseburysteering.com.au. Fabulous people. If you want to give them a call, grab your pencil again, 96981778, 9698 Fabulous people. You'll love them. Rosemarysteering.com.au. Just talk to Theo. So some of the ways that we can save money. Now, this is an interesting little one. This lady spent oh, 10 or $20, and she found that the heat and humidity of the tropics was particular, or during the wet season, was a real problem. So when it came to keeping her fridge cold. So to combat that, she purchased two computer fans to insert in the top fridge vent, And that helped to extract the hot air from the fridge cavity, allowing the fridge to run more efficiently. So, as she said, it worked like a treat. (laughs) And the fridge runs like a dream, and the food and the beer stayed nice and cold. So there you go. A couple of computer fans 
and she inserted them at the top of the fridge vent and they sucked away the hot air. That's pretty good, isn't it? Now, one of the things to consider is your, your outside tap. If you've got a caravan or a camper trailer, your outside tap, a lot of people forget about it and they you go into the van and they fill up a bucket or they fill up some something around with from the sink with the water, thinking it's it's a cleaner water. It's exactly the same water that's coming out of your tap out the front, but you don't then have to carry the bucket or the or your pan of water or whatever it be, sloshing out through your van and then down the steps. So if you're going to fill up water bottles or buckets or large containers, then do it outside. Use your tap outside and that way it keeps your van cleaner and you can get people to wash their feet outside before they bring in the sand and dirt inside. So that's clever. So meal preparation, things like that, you've got that tap out there. It's it's a solution and it's terrific and you probably didn't even know that it's there for you to use. So funny, funny, funny. But there's other good things that you can do. A lot of people are doing incredibly good things. Now, your van is toolkit. Uh, there's a huge misconception you need to take every tool in your shed. And you don't. <laughs> you don't. But if you get a kit fitted with versatile tools, then you won't need to double up. And it saves you space, saves you weight, saves you money. And, and the basics would include a cordless drill, uh, some spanners, good, good variety of spanners, some silicon spray, silicon spray, a Stanley knife, uh, you know, the, the cardboard cutting knives, a Stanley knife, uh, electrical and plumber's tape, a hammer, some screwdrivers, pliers, fuses, very important to have fuses, very, very, very. A multimeter, I've got one of those, a shifter spanner, some multi-grips, cable ties, well, you've got to have cable ties, a set of sockets, a vehicle jack, and a tire repair kit. So everyone has different needs. You will know what to do. But they're the sort of things that you need. So a cordless drill, spanner, silicon spray, Stanley knife, electrical and plumber's tape, hammer, screwdrivers, pliers, fuses, a multimeter, shifter, multi-grips, cable ties, set of sockets, a vehicle jack, and a tire repair kit. So I reckon if you've got those, then, then you're doing pretty good. You're doing pretty good. So there's some other things. If, if you're using bore water, a lot of people say bore water is just fine if you're using it for tea or cooking or washing so you don't waste your good fresh water on things like that unless you really want to. And you can supplement your water storage by buying bottled water like a 5 litre or a 10 litre. You know those water cubes, they're good. You can carry fresh water in jerry cans so that you can fill them from any convenient nearby water points when you're free camping maybe. Um, and, and you can use your transfer hose, so that's fine, and you can have a 12-volt pump for transferring the water into your caravan tanks without having to lift the heavy jerry cans. And you can take advantage of water from fresh-flowing rivers for showering because you can buy those little 12-volt showers and you, you put the one part in the water <laughs> and then you use it, the rest of it for your bucket. And then if you've got hot water, you can take it back and warm it up, do whatever. Those little 12-volt showers, they're, they're a terrific thing to do. Terrific. Um, some of the must-bring spares that, that you should have would be, uh, a, there's a lady, she takes away spare fan belts. That's a good thing to do. Spare fan belts is clever. Uh, I think you should have that. A puncture repair kit, of course. And also you've got to have, because if, if you don't take your puncture repair kit, you've got a problem. She also takes away some three spare tyres with her, but her, her spares are the same size that are on her car. So that's clever. Uh, so, and she also takes a reminder calendar with her so that she knows when to update or renew her roadside assistance. 
isn't that a clever thing to do? Oh, that's clever. Yeah. And don't make the mistake of overloading your van when you're visiting the top end. This was a hint from Fred. Uh, the, the roads can be rough and corrugated and dusty and extra unnecessary weight. Just, it just puts strain on your van and it causes items to bounce around or break or possibly even cracking your axle. So the thing is to weigh up your wants and your needs. So if you don't absolutely need it, if you don't need it, don't take it. So to help aid that process... Lay everything out in your yard. So empty out your whole van, empty out your camper, empty out whatever you're taking. Empty it all out, put it on the on the lawn, and then actively aim to harvest it if you can. And you might you might just get rid of more than what you thought because sometimes we carry stuff, don't we? We just carry stuff. We, we think we're going to need it. And when was the last time you used it? So then you get a sheet of sticky dots and place a dot on everything that you use. And once you've used it at the end of the year, you rid the van of the items that don't have a dot. So when you use it, you put a dot on it. And at the end of the year, if it doesn't have a dot, then it goes. So, you know, except for your, the essentials like Jackson spare tyres and things. And so make sure that you get items that can be used for a variety of applications because that cuts down space and weight, doesn't it? Good thing to do. Good thing to do. That's a good hand. I think that's a beauty. So, you know, don't forget to get your vehicle serviced before you go away. You've got to do that. Um, some people are using, you know, those uh, car windscreen covers, you know, the silver foil car windscreen covers, and they will clip them. Maybe they'll use pegs or you can use a piece of elastic strap over the window of your caravan. So if you're trying to, if you've got too much sun coming in, but you still want to see out, you still want the air coming in, you don't want to have the, the blind up but you really want to have some air come in, but you don't want the sun beating down. Just a bit of that aluminium um, car windscreen stuff, and you get that from any motoring store. That's a beaut thing. That's a beaut thing. Now, we're getting closer. We are getting closer to getting back on the road, believe it or not. I heard the news today, and yet yeah, we are getting closer. So it's like someday, one day. Eh? Someday, one day, we're going to be out there. Someday, one day. Why don't we listen to that from the Seekers? I think the Seekers are going to do a really good job on that for us. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. It's great being with you. This show is called On the Road. If you like listening to On the Road, you tell others. But make sure you look after our sponsors, roseburysteering.com.au. Fabulous people. Whatever you want done, if you've got a four-wheel drive, they are four-wheel drive superstars. So here we go. Someday, one day, the Seekers. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. Great being with you.
feel discouraged Sometimes things move very slowly And I know that you feel like moving Feel like going Feel like doing Oh, someday, one day Time's not so far away We can share The Seekers. Never get tired of hearing The Seekers, do you? Aren't they just so good, The Seekers? So, so, so good. I remember when they went to, oh, was it Expo in Canada? And I got to watch them and, oh, so exciting to see an Aussie band overseas. Really, really good. Now, avoiding contaminated fuel. Dirty diesel is a serious threat to your vehicle. So here's some ways that you can avoid what they term the dreaded bacteria. Because a diesel bug is often mistaken as a major cause of failure in injection systems, but it's a real threat to the highly expensive um, injection systems in, in our modern tow vehicles. So diesel and water easily separate from each other, uh, with water always ending up on the bottom of a fuel tank or collection bowl in a fuel filter. So it's in that water that as many as a few dozen strains of bacteria grow and multiply. So what seems like a minuscule droplet of water can seem like a lake to a tiny microbe like a diesel bug. So it enters your fuel system via the usual culprit, which is poor hygiene, in the tank or at the bowser. So in the right temperatures, dormant bacteria can suddenly grow to a clog and they can clog your entire fuel fuel filter system. It's just yuck. So what can you do about it? Well, firstly, thoroughly inspect or research, if you can, where you buy your fuel. Because a clean a clean service station is a good start, but unfortunately, you know, sometimes we've just got to get our fuel where we can get our fuel, don't we? So it's generally, it comes back to a reliable diesel filtration system. So, <clears throat> pardon me, the original diesel filtration system in our tow vehicles is often blamed as being pretty poor, whilst in reality, regular filter changing about every 10,000 K is the key to keeping the diesel bug from taking over. So isn't that simple? We've just got to change our fuel filter about every 10,000 K, and that could save you from having that diesel bug mucking up your engine. So adding a correctly designed diesel pre-filter a pre-filter is another way of adding extra insurance. So the filter should be chosen for a number of reasons. Uh, as, a, as a visible water bowl is key, or where there's water, there's bacteria. So if, if you can gather any water into a clear bowl, you'll usually see the contamination of bacteria before it gets to an unmanageable state. So that's having, your, uh, having a, a water bowl filter system. So remember to seek out your diesel expert when doing that. Uh, Berrima Diesel. The diesel experts, so if you want to talk to them, Berrima Diesel Service, you can give them a call on 2 4877 1256 Again, 2257 1256 Or you can go to their website, Berrima Diesel. That's B-E-R-R-I-M-A Diesel, D-I-E-S-E-L.com.au. Berrima Diesel.com.au. Now, there's some camping 
food things that might be good for you, some things for you to be aware of, and that is uh, a lot of people go away with maybe uh, the wrong ingredients. So the essence is cook with couscous. <laughs> cook with couscous. For most campers living it up in the outdoors, efficiency is the name of the game. And as far as meals go, uh, there are uh, as few efficient as couscous as an ingredient. So again, this is from hemamaps.com. Really good people. So couscous has a number of advantages over rice and over pasta. It, it cooks faster. It requires no ongoing attention or culinary nous to cook correctly, and it doesn't need as much water, which in remote locations, that's a real bonus. So uh, you can prepare it without as much water. Clever. And couscous is just as versatile as rice or pasta, which makes it easy to cut down on the time and the resources you use while cooking on your next trip. That's good. Now, here's another one. Uh, bread. Is, is a staple in many households. It, it doesn't necessarily mean that... Uh, but in your camp kitchen, it takes up a lot of space. Bread, it's got a limited lifespan uh, compared to many foods. And in a vehicle packed to the hilt with cargo bouncing around over unsealed roads, you know, you can you can have pretty bad-looking bread, <laughs> if you like. It can become out very misshapen if you're not careful. So an interesting alternative to a loaf of bread is the unleavened cousin, the wrap. So bread wraps, they just stay fresh for longer. Uh, they're more compact, they're more durable than conventional bread. It's simpler to portion because they're already pre-portioned. The idea of encasing a meal in an edible container, that's always good. So whether it's an egg and bacon burrito in the morning or a ham and salad wrap for lunch or a chicken quesadilla for dinner, wraps uh, are the gift that just keeps on giving while you're camping or travelling. What a great idea. Here's a winner. Now, you're going to love this. I, I reckon I'm going to do this so soon because I just think this is a beauty. A cooked breakfast is a camping fascination that often ends up with intensive pan scrubbing and angry internal muttering and extensive fiddling that many would prefer to go without in retrospect first thing in the morning because everybody loves to have... Uh, eggs, don't they? So to make life simple, when you're boiling your billy for a cup of tea, make a classic camping breakfast in one swoop, one fell swoop. Simply crack a couple of eggs into a Ziploc bag. Put some salt and pepper in if you wish. Add some ham, add some cheese, add some paprika if you want to, or dried parsley, whatever you want. Add a splash of milk. Give it a vigorous shake, vigorous shake, and then you let the hot water do the rest. And what do you end up with? An omelette in a bag. <laughs> with an omelette in a bag. How brilliant is that? You've already got your billy boiling and you're making no mess. How genius. So I'm, I'm in for that one. <laughs> you don't even have to go camping for that one. That's just a beauty. So then you can start the day with overnight oats. So while many campers would be forgiven for, if you like, railing against the age of internet fads and healthy living millennials, it, in actual fact, this can be a really good thing and they've delivered a winner on this one. So just, it's a beauty. So made famous by the generational obsession with mason jars. And because they look so good in photos, overnight oats are easy to prepare and eat. So the principle of an overnight oat is that you layer rolled oats and a dash of milk. And often you might combine it with yogurt or fruit or something more fanciful in a container. And you just leave them in the fridge overnight to soak up the milk and the other ingredients. And then in the morning, 
you've already got a well-rounded, a very filling breakfast to start your day without extra cooking and without any cleaning attached. So, genius. Now, we all like to have our spices, if you like to have your spices with you, but you don't have to take a whole spice rack with you. So you can take a, a good collection of spices with you so easily, but instead of taking uh, all your little jars and bottles and things like that, which take up space, if you, you can go to the chemist and get a, a one-day pill container. So it, it's got you know maybe 30 holes in it, 30 little slots, all with lids. And you can put your spices in those so that it's, it's already done. So you don't have countless little tiny bottles. You simply put the spices in the one-day pill container, which, again, you'll get from most pharmacies. And that means you can keep all your spices together in the perfect quantity and it allows you to pivot your beef mince from bolognese to chili con carne in a heartbeat. <laughs> Genius! And then learn how to use a camp oven. Everybody loves camp oven cooking. so But it's a little bit of an art form. There's, there's books that have been done that are just purely on camp oven cooking. But the biggest draw card, of course, is the simplicity, the versatility, and you get to sit around the fire and you get to talk about it and wonder what's happening. But camp ovens can cook a massive variety of dishes from cakes and casseroles to roasts and, and whatever you want. Open up a whole new raft of recipes that campers would ordinarily uh, be uh, unable to choose from. So uh, it's got a knock-on effect. You, you, it makes it easier for you to shop. You're not restricted to frying or boiling or, or other basic methods. You, you just cook with the coals. And it's just a little bit of skill and then you will be there. So you've got your camping chairs, you've got your insect repellent, you've got your cook and, and you're just going to use your camp oven Fabulous. And the other thing you can do, of course, is to freeze meals to take with you. So cooking before you go, that takes some foresight, a bit of planning. But if, if you're getting into camp late and you've already got your meals done, then that's terrific. So by cooking and freezing your meals before you go, you cut down on the need for fresh ingredients that, that have to be protected or take up lots of space in your fridge or your cooler. And while those meals can also serve up to, to keep other food cool when can, when frozen in containers. So if you're moving from camp to camp on a daily or every other day basis or you're simply camping for an extended period, you can alternate between the freshly cooked and the frozen meals or, or keep your frozen meals as insurance in case you run out of fresh food at some inopportune time. So there you go. But I think if, if you do some of those She'll be right, mate. She'll be right. If you're going to have she'll be right, then you ought to listen to Slim Dusty because he's the one that sings it best. So why don't we have she'll be right, Slim Dusty. Here we go. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. This is On The Road. I love being on the road with you. I hope you love being on the road with me. And if you're going to be on the road, look after our sponsors because they're great people. She'll be right. Here's Slim Dusty. As the sun rose over Newport that day in 83, the boxing kangaroo had found a place in history. The wonder from down under had won that famous mug And here's the song we sang along in every Aussie pub She'll be right, mate, she'll be right Just remember that you're an Aussie and you'll never give up the fight When your back's to the wall just give your all each morning, noon and night She'll be right, mate, she'll be right Australia's own Jack Brabham, racing was his game a mighty man behind the wheel, a legend he became He won it once, he won it twice, but he kept going back Three times a champion of the world, good on your mates, a jack She'll be right, mate, she'll be right 
Just remember that you're an Aussie and you'll never give up the fight. When your back's to the wall, just give your all each morning, noon and night. She'll be right, mate. She'll be right. Now Captain Allen Border, Australian of the Year. He took our team to victory, mate, and kept the ashes here. Following in the footsteps, tradition of the dawn. Eleven blokes who give their most, but that you can't go wrong. Cause she'll be right, mate. She'll be right. Just remember that you're an Aussie and you'll never give up the fight. When your back's to the wall, just give your all each morning, noon and night. She'll be right, mate. She'll be right. Now all you Aussie battlers, when you feel you've had enough, things are never going right and life's a little rough. Just get out there and try again and back yourself for first. The Aussies always do their best when things are at their worst. She'll be right, mate. She'll be right. Just remember that you're an Aussie and you'll never give up the fight. When your back's to the wall, just give your all each morning, noon and night. She'll be right, mate. She'll be right once again. She'll be right, mate. She'll be right. Just remember that you're an Aussie and you'll never give up the fight. When your back's to the wall, just give your all each morning, noon and night. She'll be right, mate. She'll be right. That's right. Thanks, Slim, for that. Thanks, Slim. Now, they say it's Mother's Day. I reckon it's Mother's Day week. Mother's Day week. By golly, our mums deserve it all. I know mine does. And she's up there in heaven and she's looking down and she's watching us do the show. And ah, there we go. Just love it. So if you've got a mum, give her a big hug. And if you care to, I'd love to give her a hug from me because I just love mums. Now. There may be something that you thought of getting her and it just didn't kick, just didn't kick, just didn't do the thing. So if you want to, you can get her something really, really nice. It's called Vixen, V for Victor, I-X-I-N, Vixen. So amazing, amazing product. Australian product, by the way, Australian product. So it, it was over 10 years in the making and in, in 2015, it saw the release of Vixen's signature all-in-one skincare. And now Vixen's loved by thousands and thousands of fans right across the country and internationally. And they just rave about not only the product, but the beautiful packaging and the simplicity of the application. And most importantly, the proven results. So wonderful, wonderful. So if you want to get some lovely, lovely skin cream, it's an all-in-one skin cream, then you get Vixen, V for Victor, I-X-I-N, it's Australian. Sold around the world, it's just fabulous. And you could get it from Blooms the Chemist. So Blooms the Chemist, you go and try them out. Mum might just love that. And in fact, the beautiful thing about Vixen is that you can use it on the ladies have their range and the men have their range as well. So there you go. And if if you get sixty dollars worth, uh, then you get free shipping on orders if you go onto their website, which is Vixen, V-I-X-I-N dot com dot AU, Vixen dot com dot AU. Hey, for Mother's Day. For Mother's Day week, for any time. Vixen's the thing to do. Now, Machinery House. Hey, we haven't talked about Machinery House for a couple of weeks. And why is that? Well, I reckon, I reckon we all <laughs> should be out there doing our thing now. You've all had some time off and you've no doubt done your hobbies and done some things and you've worn out some tools and now you're ready to go and load up again and get some fresh, proper 
tools. And all of their stores, all of their stores are open for business. So you can go to their store in Sydney, in Brisbane, in Melbourne, in Perth, and it's called Hare and Forbes, H-A-R-E and Forbes, F-O-R-B-E-S, Machinery House. Oh, they've got it all. They've got it all, whatever you want. They've even got some used equipment. They've got ex-demo equipment, but it's proper tools. And the best thing is you can become a machinery housemate. You can become a machinery housemate. And when you do, you get $70 free discount vouchers. So you just sign up. You go onto their website, which is machineryhouse.com.au, machineryhouse.com.au. They're Australian-owned. They've been around since 1930. 1930. So sign up to be a machinery housemate and you can get $70 worth of free discount vouchers. Just go to their website, machinerywhouse.com.au. And I think that would be just terrific. Now, when you go, when you go on the beach, and hey, we're going to be released. We know we're going to get released sooner maybe than we thought. You can go on the beach. But when you do, you've got to properly clean your vehicle and, and your gear. And, and, and there's certain things to be aware of. So Dave Darmody from the Australian Off-Road Academy, he provided some tips to HEMA. Now, if you want to get maps, if you want to get, whether it's paper maps, whether it's books of, of maps, whether it's uh, electronic devices to show you how to get around, like the HEMA HN7 Navigator that I've got, uh, then you've got to go to HEMA, H-E-M-A, Maps, one word, H-E-M-A Maps, M-A-P-S dot com, hemamaps.com. They are just the best of the best, whatever map you want. Now, if you're going somewhere, the important thing is is to double up. So you take your Hema HN7 Navigator or whatever is their latest bit of gear because they are so good and their mapping is genius. But then you buy the paper maps as well. So if, if something happens, if something happens and you drop your bit of gear, then you've got the paper maps and you can get your way out of there. But So these tips came from HEMA, and thank you to them via the Australian Off-Road Academy, via Dave Darmody. And he said, we all enjoy getting our vehicles sandy. <laughs> we do, we do. For the last variety thing, which didn't happen, by the way, and it's rebooked in, they're going to, I think they're booking it in for February, maybe March. Uh, that, that had a lot of beach driving on it. So here's a good hint. Here's a really good hint. You'll love this. Open one door at a time on the beach. Open one door. So he says when he pulls up for a swim or he arrives back at the campsite, he demands, demands a little bit of patience from any passengers on board. And it only allows one person out at a time. And that prevents his four-wheel drive becoming a wind tunnel. How clever is that? So it reduces the amount of salty, sandy air inside and on your windscreen, on the inside of your windscreen, that needs to be cleaned out later, obviously. But it also ensures little bits of rubbish accrued inside the four-wheel drive you know, your lolly wrappers and things like that, then they don't blow out before they can be collected and disposed of properly. What a brilliant thing. So you pull back up to your camp, somebody wants to get out, one door opens, that door shuts, next door opens, next door shuts. So brilliant. Wind up your windows on the beach as often as possible is a goodie. <laughs> he said he spent plenty of time in topless Suzukis and Jeeps and even Defender 130s on the beach. And, and yes, you enjoy it. You'd... But as he get older, as, as he get older, and his vehicles become more complicated, which means more technical gear inside, it occurs that, uh, that that's no place for warm, moist, salty air. Now, that's true because we've got so many more gadgets in our car now, haven't we? So many more gadgets, and you really don't want too much salty air blowing into those. 
you know, you're going to get some, but you don't want to just accentuate it. So beach creeks are for crossing and swimming, not just for underbody washes. So not only is it an ineffective, so it's not effective method of cleaning an area that needs a lot of attention, but many four-wheel drivers have found that the fast-moving water, listen to this, this is brilliant. Many drivers have found that the fast-moving water of a running creek has eroded the sand from under their tyres and left them rapidly sinking. Oh, now if you go to L.I. Creek, L.I. Creek, E.L.I. Creek, you just Google that, I think you'll find some photos there of some people who have done exactly that. They've stopped in the creek to let the running water uh, clean the underside of their vehicle because it's fresh water, uh, washing away the salt water, but then it washes away the sand underneath their tyres, they sink down, and you lose your four-wheel drive. Not a good thing at all. So it's a good idea to have your vehicle uh, give an underbody wash before heading home. So you'll find up at Fraser Island and whatnot, when you come back onto mainland, uh, that there's places there that will wash the underneath of your car. You just put your money in the slot, and it does a really good job. But it's even more important to do an extended clean once, you, once you're there and after the beach, because your underbody needs a really good washout with lots and lots of water. Not necessarily super high pressure, but you've got to dislodge the salt and the sand in all the nooks and crannies. Otherwise, you'll get some rust later. And, and those kind of detailed cleans are an excellent opportunity to have a look under your four-wheel drive and get a better understanding of what's there. That's so true. You know, we well, these things, are, they're worth a lot of money and we love them. But then we think it's going so beaut that we don't bother to check it. So if you check it, you're just keeping an eye on things. You know, that's all. You're just keeping an eye on things. And then check the state of your gear when you return home because everything wears out. But you can extend the life of your camping gear and your recovery gear simply by checking, checking. Just make sure that it's all there. Go through and sure it's all dry without any worrying damage. And if anything needs replacing, it's better to know about it then <laughs> so you've got time to replace it rather than packing it again for your next trip and then find, oh, I should have done that and now you don't have a good bit of gear. Oh, hey, problem. What about a song for mums? What about a song for mums? This is called the Mother's Day Song. It's from Bryant Oden, O-D-E-N, Bryant Oden. Uh, nice little song, nice little Mother's Day song. You enjoy this, eh? Here we go. It's We're on the road. It won't be long before we're actually on the road again. It'll be terrific. But this is the Mother's Day Song, Bryant Oden. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. We're on the road together. You enjoy this. Every day you keep me safe and warm and loved and fed But today's your special day, it was my turn instead So I got up at 5 a.m., I've been working hard since then Some things I didn't get quite right, next year I'll try again Just for you I did my best to cut my own hair Some places came out pretty good and some are kind of bare I washed all your nicest clothes but the washer wasn't free so I use the dishwasher, pretty smart of me. Remember, no one's perfect, every kid has faults. Remember, it's the thought that counts more than the results. My heart was in the right place, even though I did it wrong. It was all to say on Mother's Day, my love for you is strong. I vacuumed really quietly, I didn't use the power. I cleaned your dirty iPad screen, I held it in the shower. I painted all the ceilings, it was easy with the mop. Now
Now the carpet's painted too with cool rainbow drops. I answered all your work emails with just leave me alone. And we gave a prince from Scandinavia a loan. I watered all the houseplants with a garden hose. I forgot to turn it off, sometimes that's how it goes. Remember no one's perfect, every kid has faults. Remember it's the thought that counts more than the results. My heart was in the right place even though I did it wrong. It was all to say on Mother's Day my love for you is strong. Your car shiny inside and out with lots of olive oil. Who knew that oatmeal splatters up so high and far on boil? I tried to make you orange juice, but I spilled it on the floor. I tried to fry you bacon, we don't have a stove no more. Since you can't really cook this week, I called the pizza place. I emptied out the fridge and freezer so there's enough space. They should be here anytime, two dozen pizza pies. I paid with your credit card, I hope that you're surprised. Remember no one's perfect, every kid has faults. Remember it's the thought that counts more than the results. My heart was in the right place even though I did it wrong. It was all to say on Mother's Day my love for you is strong. My heart was in the right place even though I did it wrong. It was all to say on Mother's Day my love for you is strong. It was all to say on Mother's Day my love for you is strong. Oh yeah, happy Mother's Day. Happy, happy Mother's Happy Mother's Day week. Happy Mother's Day week. Now there's ten tips for desert driving because we're gonna go out and do the desert, aren't we? And again, our friends at HEMA have provided these. So you've got to learn about counter-steering. So on the limits of your vehicle to recover from a, a vehicle drift and avoid a rollover when you're driving down wet or loose conditions. And then you've got to maximise your control over your four-wheel drive, keeping your wheels wherever you can on the harder surfaces rather than the soft ones and placing your wheels astride of the ruts and hollows in the road. And then you've got to watch out for shimmy, of course, and that's caused by ruts or potholes or corrugations in a corner that cause the vehicle to develop a harmonic motion, causing it to oversteer and head off the road. So remember, all you've got to do is to decelerate, so back off the, back off the go pedal to gain control of your vehicle. And braking actually makes the problem worse, and the signals are further loss of control. So basically, to get control again, just take your foot off the go pedal importantly and avoid powering through water on the road because in hollows or in floodways as it forces water up into the underside and the engine compartment of your vehicle that can include taking it up into your air intake and you don't want to suck water up into your air intake because that could mean that you're out in the desert for maybe forever so not a good thing to do a good idea though is to keep out of another vehicle's dust plume so that'll keep dust again out of your air intake and importantly maximise your vision of the road ahead so you're never overtaking anybody blindly either. Oh, important, this one, good. Yeah, yeah, good, good, good. Slow down for, for cattle grids, slow down for cattle grids because you can get nasty surprises that might be lurking there including ruts on either side or sharp edges or even a very, very narrow pass. And when traversing dunes, always go straight up and down. Don't try and go sideways down them because you'll lose stability. 
your centre of gravity is not as good and, and you can maybe, it's shifting sand and you can maybe roll, so not a good thing. And then avoid harmonic bumps. So when you're crossing dunes, which are sand pushed up into humps, often at the base of the dune, from reversing vehicles. So you, you're hitting the harmonic bumps at speed. That can make your vehicle shake, maybe violently, and, and compromising your suspension and uh, you're going to get, it's just going to be uncomfortable, not good. So, and then... Again, back off your go pedal, decelerate, back off your go pedal when you reach the crest of dunes because this allows your four-wheel drive to carry its momentum over the crest and safeguards you against the not-so-nice things such as becoming airborne or powering into fragile vegetation or having things in your car just um, flip up and maybe hurt somebody. So not a good old thing. Maybe you've got an iPad floating around that uh, should be tied down, but it's not. And then most importantly, most importantly, adjust your tyre pressures to the conditions because with pressures for gravel and dirt outback roads, uh, you should be down somewhat. Uh, you don't treat it the same as being on the blacktop. You've got to lower your pressures. So the experts suggest get down to around about 20 anyway. You can go lower, but get down to at least 20 to see how that's going for you. You'll get more stability. Importantly, don't steer uh, as, um, as sharply. If you've reduced your tyre pressures, don't steer as sharply so that you keep the beads connected rather than losing all the pressure out of your tyres. So there's a thought. There's a thought. Hey, speaking of thoughts, if you're going to get a new caravan, where do you go? You go to Paravans. Paravans at Windsor, 38 to 40 Milam Street at Windsor. They are beautiful people. If you go onto their website now, go onto their website, paravans.com.au. If you want to have a look at a new van, just click River or click Atlantic and and you will see the insides of the van. So we did some videos for them. You have a look at those. Let us know what you think because I've, I, um, I've had some pretty good feedback off those. People like the fact that they can actually get a, a viewing inside the caravan and, and you're actually seeing some of the features opened and shut and, and whatnot. So really, really good. So paravans.com.au. They are super people. Hey, it might be time to go. Do you reckon it's time to go? I, I think we're just going to go out and do some butte, butte, butte things and we're getting ready to hit the road and that's what we want to do, isn't it? That's what we want to do. So let's hit the road. Let's have a great song. What do you reckon? A little bit of a little bit of Johnny Williamson to get us going, hey? We, we're just going to sit out the back again. So what about uh, a home amongst the gum trees? We'll do that. We'll sit out the back. We'll just say good day to each other. Over the fence, maybe. Have a, have a drink. But it's not long before we're released. So here's John Williamson, home amongst the gum trees. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. We're on the road, and it's not going to be long. We're going to be on the road together. Gee, it's good being with you. Thanks so much. We appreciate it. And thanks for your feedback. We love the feedback. I think we're up to show 34 or 35. So obviously someone's enjoying it. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week. Good on you. Bye. I've been around the world a couple of times and maybe more Seen the sights, I've had delights on every foreign shore But when my mates all ask me the place that I adore I tell them right away What do we tell them? Give me a home among the gum trees With lots of plum trees A sheep, a two, a kangaroo A clothesline out the back Veranda out the front and an old rocking chair You can see me in the kitchen Cooking up a roast Or Vegemite on toast 
Just you and me, a cup of tea Later on, we'll settle down and go out on the porch And watch the possums play Give me a home among the gum trees With lots of plum trees A sheep, a tuic, a kangaroo A clothesline out the back Veranda out the front And an old rocking chair There's a safe place up the corner And a woolies down the street And a brand new place they've opened up But they regulate the heat But I trade them all tomorrow For a little bush retreat With a kookaburra's call Give me a home among the gum trees With lots of plum trees A sheep, a tuic, a kangaroo A clothesline out the back Veranda out the front And an old rocking chair Up we go Some people like their houses With fences all around Others live in mansions And some beneath the ground But me, I like the bush, you know With rabbits running round And a pumpkin vine out the back This is your turn Give me a home among the gum trees With lots of plum trees A sheep or two, a kangaroo A clothesline out the back Veranda out the front And an old rocking chair Give me a home among the gum trees With lots of plum trees A sheep or two, a kangaroo A clothesline out the back Veranda out the back 